Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This week we're talking about me and my big race, and I don't care about anything else. That's good, because as usual, I've not really been doing anything, so thank God, or else we'd just be sat here just looking at each other. (laughs) Oh God, that would be horrendous. Can you imagine anything worse? (laughs) That is the shortest preamble we've ever done. Let's talk about tea straight away. We're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, and that means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of it, you can go to runningsbs.com forward slash tea, click on some links and buy some tea if you want. Amy, drinking Mm -hmm. some tea? Yep, I've got... Uh, one that I've probably spoken about before is the Sticky Toffee Chai, or you've spoken about it before, something you've probably spoken about it before. It's from the uh, Halloween Advent Calendar, still having that tea. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice one. I like all their chais. I love I love a chai tea. It's nice and warming um, and quite Christmassy as well, wintry. Uh, so, yeah, I'm enjoying a Sticky Toffee Chai. Very good. How about um, you? I'm going to continue on a very similar theme. I've just had... Sp- um, spiced pumpkin pie tea. I've drunk it already because uh, you said you were ready to go. I made my tea and I sat here, drank the whole cup before you even came online. So, uh, yeah, same as, as usual from us. We're both thinking chai tea because it's what we love to do. Uh, head to our website, click on the tea page, go and buy some tea. There's some great gifts on there for Christmas people. If you like, if you know some good tea people, there's some excellent gifts on the Bird and Blend website. Mm, Amy, what have you been up to? I mean, you've already uh, hinted, not very much. Not much, really. We can get out for some runs still. As I've said, last couple of weeks, I've been... Now I can drive, now I'm loose on the roads. Um, I've been going out places. Tends to be the same two places at the moment. <laughs> <Of> <laughs> but course. I've been going there. But of the course, classic is... is you, you had, like, one place to run before yeah. you had a car. Then you've got a car, then you're going to just a different one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know whether, I, I don't know whether other people are like this, but sometimes you just find a place that you really love and think oh it's so beautiful here it's amazing and then you think yeah i'm gonna go back there yeah i'm gonna go back there and i'm sure i will get bored of it at some point there are so many places amy come on be adventurous i know i I need to go further afield um i did a couple of weekends ago now uh i went up to lantricent forest again which i do love and actually i'm probably gonna go there again this weekend spoiler alert but i feel like there's more there i need to explore because i've sort of only done a big loop and um there's definitely more little trails and stuff i want to explore so i will be going back but it's definitely um, one of those places isn't it it's like a lot of these kind of forestry places there's lots of like fire roads and gravel roads through and then as you run along you just see these little paths through the trees and they're like oh that looks more interesting the really good thing about that place as well is there's 4g so i can't (laughs) get lost there was a few times where i had to get my phone out and make sure i was pointing in the right direction and if you use most phones now they would sort of tell you where you parked your car as well so i could see i was roughly going back to to where i started if i got a bit lost so that's that's the main thing as well is i can't get too lost there um i did have a fall when i was there a few weeks ago but i was running with pippin and it makes me laugh because i was going uphill so i tripped and then I i was just tired so i couldn't you know when you're tired you just sort of stumble forward and fall over and i probably bashed all my leg up um but i fell and Pippin looks behind it, kind of shocked, doesn't check I'm okay, and just sort of stands there looking at me. I get up and sort of dust myself off. And then she does one of those stress shakes that dogs do, like she mm. just had a really stressful experience. I'm like, bitch, I fell, not you. <laughs> Why are you? What are you stressed about? What's stressing you out? It's stress for having to wait. I know, I know. She like, did this proper God. like shake, like, oh, gosh, that, that was an experience, wasn't it? I'm like, you were just stood there. You played no part in this, like, isn't, you know um so yeah had my fall had my fall of 20 i think that's been my fall of 2023 i, I feel okay. like I haven't was, really was there some blood much. 
a little bit. Yeah, I sort oh. of. You well, that's good. The trail gods were appeased. Yeah, you know, you know what it is. This time of year, it's the um, it's the leaves covering stone and, and like those fire roads. Hmm. So there's lots of bumpy bits of gravel and stone, and I tripped over like a stone, um, and then bashed my leg and scratched my leg on the stones. So so yeah, and I ended up up also going through the woods again. Um, loads of leaves on the ground and there were some points in in one part of the woods where there was just little pockets little puddles of shin deep bog just randomly that was fun. so you could be on like firm ground and then your feet and then your left foot could be on firm ground and then your right foot would just sink straight down into this bog there was no like no joke like almost up to my knee so that was fun as well at least four inches then yes <laughs> other people are just like Classic. walking through it and there's yeah. me like yeah, yeah. So, so that's it, really. Not really been up to too much other than that. Let's hope Amy finds some different woods in the next uh, few months. I will point. try. I will try. It's hard where I live in. Um, cause obviously, I live like southwest. Yeah, southwest of Cardiff, and sort of it's. I have to go up a long way to get somewhere like properly decent. So. Yeah, getting through Cardiff is a real ball lake. And I'm like trapped by the M4, which I have been on a few times now. Like I've gotten over, like got done that thing of like just go on the motorway, don't stress about it, just go on it. So I have been on the M4, but at the same time, it's like I just want to go out for a run. I don't want to have to be like driving down the motorway to go for a, go for a run. Um, but yeah, I'm That's gonna normal. have to. gonna have to just do it. I'm gonna have to just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, well, the first minor bit of news. I just did some cross country last week, as I said before. The uh, classic way to. Uh, practice for an ultra is to do cross country seven days before and i did just jog it around i was very pleased that i was started myself at the back and i I ran with someone from my club who hadn't done cross country before so i kind of ran around with him showed him the ways uh, most importantly and we got points for the c team which is very important we've never had enough people to have a c team before so i was very pleased about that i did look we are in a division i think that our c team is just behind one of the other clubs l team which I had to like count out and like they have 17 teams ahead of us. That's how big some of these other clubs are. It's mad. But, you know, we're slowly getting there for cross country. Very good fun. Uh, It was a bit muddy. It was kind of more sticky muddy than splashy muddy. Like everyone was coming back with clean legs, but absolutely knackered because the muddy was mud was just sticky and a bit annoying. So that that was quite a fun event in Cardiff, at least. The big one, though, the most important thing that I need to talk about for ages and ages now, the escape from Meriden has finally happened. My big A race of the year. Uh, After saying I wasn't going to do ultras, then I found this. I got all excited, (laughs) signed up for it. So I will not have to bang on about it much after this episode, apart from all the things I forget to mention this episode, which I'll probably bring up in subsequent ones because that's just the way things happen. So after tweaking the route on the morning of the race, like even uh, this close to the race, I was still tweaking the route and making little changes. Uh, set off to Meriden with a planned stop at a pub in Knoll to have a nice big meal about eight o'clock. And that went down very well, although it did nearly come up a few times later on. So as it turns <laughs> out, having a massive meal. Because I thought, oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm not running till midnight. Should be fine. Yeah. Because, I mean, usually you have a massive meal, then you go to bed for 10 hours. So, yeah, because it's yeah. only, like, what, four hours? Like, until... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, we we got to Meriden, went to the Methodist church there, and there was a run brief. Uh, it was quite a lengthy run brief because it did include the story of the guy who last year went chest deep in mud 
uh, and lost his shoe. Uh, like there was a slideshow, there was backing music. Amazing. There was even there was even a short poem in this man's honour. Uh, it's safe to say that Stephen James is now an escape from Meriden legend and will be remembered forever. Uh, he was back running this year, running pretty much the same route, albeit with one fairly obvious significant detour. Had he made a mistake the first time round, or was that his route? Um, I think, uh, I can't quite remember, but they I think they kind of tried to take a bit of a shortcut. Uh, they went over a big patch of mud, got to a gate which was locked and there was barriers up to say not to go through. So they went back across this mud and it was just like a crusty layer across the top. So going across once was fine. When they came back, it was like one of those films where the ice starts cracking oh. and he just went straight through, lost his shoe and they actually presented him with a new pair of shoes on That's the amazing. evening, which That's they brilliant. said they'd post to him because he, he then also ran 25 miles with one shoe until someone um, drove down and bought him some extra shoes. That's yeah, I just love the fact that he is now a legend and will be talked about forever. Uh, anyway, even after this, I was looking around when people were signing in. A surprising amount of trail shoes were being worn. I just found that really odd. Like, it's a race in November. You can go anywhere. It starts at midnight and people are thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll go on the trails. I'm yeah. like, that's, I mean, kind of fun, but risky. But also surely. really risky, like, the 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 slippy like how slippy mud is at the moment because i remember yeah. seeing on the facebook groups and me saying oh i'm thinking about going down some canal towpaths i'm thinking that canal towpaths is like the slippiest path you could go down i think they're always so slippery aren't and they? also and that's you, where you're going to get murdered that's where you're going to get murdered and if you don't get murdered you're going to slip into the canal and die there you know yeah but yeah i was very surprised um yeah the amount of trial she's amount of people aiming to go straight for trials i mean if nothing else if you want to get distance yeah you might get straight line distance but it's hard work running on on wet trails Mm. that is really going to sap your legs um we met gabby there gabby nair long time listener to the show who gave me mince pie flavor protein balls which were amazing and she gave it and she gave me some socks that i'm wearing now Uh, i'm not sure if she's just trying to weigh me down with extra stuff but I very much appreciate anyone giving me socks at any time. I think socks are the best clothes generally. Mm. I think I get excited about socks more than anything else, clothes-wise. Oh, definitely. Oh, I love a good pair of socks. Uh, and then on to the start line. And, well, I'll let myself tell the story from here. <laughs> so 365 days after the frenzied entry... I'm at Meriden Cross. I'm standing on the village green next to a Christmas tree and a tiny little weird monument that says it's the centre of England, which it isn't. And it is four minutes to 12 and I'm just about to set off. I don't think I've been up this late uh, for five years. Hi Gabby, she's taking a photo of me. Lovely. Um, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not particularly up for this. I've had a big meal. I had sausage and mash and then some waffles. Um, a few hours ago and I sat in a village hall for a bit and now I've got to run and I just, I'm just not really up for it so I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it'll be fun it's not too cold there's a tiny bit of drizzle in the air not too cold there are a lot of people in jumpsuits a lot of people have really gone for the orange jumpsuits I did not um, and now I don't know do I slightly regret it maybe just because it might be funny but I think it might piss me off later on because I've already had to make a lot of decisions about what to wear and what not to wear um, a couple minutes to go uh, I'll try and do a few more of these but I'll probably forget so good luck to me the 30 mile line has been achieved 
we have just passed through Worcester, crossed the river, and we're next to a picturesque road, as we have been a lot of the night. It's been a shit night, I'll be honest. It rained until about six or seven o'clock this morning. Uh, we stopped in a couple of garages to have wheeze. That was terrific. We really enjoyed those bits. But we are wet and we are cold. Just had a message, Gabby has pulled out. We're on a, en route to pulling out at the moment because it's she's been ill all week and a lot of people, by the look of the Facebook group, a lot of people are suffering pretty badly. It's just been, it wasn't heavy rain. It was just constant for six hours. It was chilly, there was a cold wind. And I think a lot of people are having a bad time. We're okay. Are we? No, you just laughed when I said that, so we're not okay. Nina is hurting in about six different places at the moment. But she's had some ibuprofen, so that'll probably be fine, right? I'm basically okay, but my toes are shit, as usual. Even with the waterproof socks, even with all the trench foot cream, even with the toe socks, my toes are still horrible and painful. So, possibly touch and go. I've got a decision to make in Malvern. When I get there, I'll see Holly and William. Yay! But that's my first pickup point. And if I don't give up then, it's a long time before I can give up again. So that's a big decision to make. For now, we're walking towards Malvern from Worcester. It's 13K. It's not raining anymore. It won't rain anymore today. We might get a few showers, to be fair. But it's supposed to be fairly warm from now on. So we hope that helps our spirits a little bit but we are i mean we just had cheese toasties and tea so we're pretty pleased with that unfortunately the toilets were downstairs so i'm not pleased with that so let's see how this goes it is eight o'clock and by the lack of background noise you'll realize i am indoors i am in fact in bed um <laughs> i should have recorded this a very long time ago because we actually stopped running at just after 11 o'clock so our 24-hour race lasted 11 hours. Like I said in the previous audio, had that decision to make at Malvern of whether I carry on or whether I stop. And if I'd have carried on, the next pickup point might have been Ledbury, which might have been a few hours later. But I'm not sure if I could have got picked up from there because of you know various logistics. So the next one would have been Ross on Y, and that was 33K, which is basically the entire rest of the day at walking speed because it would have been walking speed and that was not something I was willing to do not something Nina was willing to do as we walked into Malvern we had pretty much made that decision that we had done enough we did just under 69k which I think is a decent amount and as I said that night was just miserable there were lovely bits there were some really fantastic bits of just really it was just like just running in the middle of the road hours and not seeing a car was fantastic and walking through some really lovely little towns and villages with just not a soul to be seen like we didn't see anyone other than a few other runners for just hours and hours and hours and that bit of it was really nice but we were just damp and it was just a long time to be damp and just a bit cold i mean we could have run more today we could have walked we could have run a bit more really but we just didn't want to so I'm sorry for everyone we kind of bigged this up for so long um, we really were quite keen we really we did want to get to that 60 mile line and we really wanted to get to the Welsh border which was just a couple of hundred meters beyond the 60 mile line we really did really want that but it was just not today starting at midnight I think is just it's just a whole other thing I've never run through the night before I basically haven't stayed up 
have I stayed up overnight and not slept? Probably not since I was a teenager, and that's like 20, 25 years. I don't think I've done that, so that is a whole other thing. The fact that I've made it to 8 o'clock this evening and only had a couple of little dozes is incredible. I am ready to sleep now. So I will do that and I'll let myself explain the rest of it in the podcast. So yeah, in the end, as I said, just not just not quite worth continuing. And it was, it was a real shame we didn't get the distance. We did a Green Man, which was uh, 76 or 73 kilometers, something like that. Um, uh, but we did make the right choice. You know, we could have pushed on, um, but it just wouldn't. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been worth it in the end. Like, my toes were so sore, and I was still thinking, I've got canny cross in three weeks, I need to run fast. You know, we could have pushed on, but it would have just destroyed me for no real extra gain, which is a bit of a shame. Um, Nina's track had never worked all night either, which is a bit of a shame, but we did run together, and we claimed the same distance, which the organisers sorted out for us, because when you finish, they ask you text them just to let them know and double-check that you have turned your tracker off, it hasn't just broken. So they keep track of you all, all the time. Um, so we sent the message to say it's not working, uh, which, you know, that they had obviously realised because on the list, hers was the only one with no data on it at all. Which is, so it was a bit of a shame, but, you know, we ran together, so they'll just give us exactly the same. And could they update you? So you said you could text them. One of the questions we had last time is how do you know if you've reached sort of things like the 30 mile mark? If you text them, would they let you know how far mm-hmm. you'd gone? As the I mean, they, they probably would, but you just have the tracker open on your phone. Oh, so the tracker also on your phone tells you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can just open the map like everyone else. You can you can do your own dot watching. Yeah, yeah. You can do you can self dot watch, which um, we did a little bit just to double check a few things and just you know to see where other people were and things like that. It was really. It looked like quite a few people were going your way as well when I was looking at the dots. Yeah, we had seven or eight people. Yeah. Yeah, so we you know we we ran into quite a few on the way as well as we're coming down some of these dark roads. I mean, I do need to have a look back at their routes as well because i'm really interested to know which way they went because you know we'd just be running for a couple of hours and then someone would just like we get to a t-junction and someone would be coming the other way and we were like yay look at someone else <laughs> and it's kind of the question that you know it's just i'm sure all these kind of races that you ask the same kind of questions and this one it was way headed mm-hmm. and it was just interesting because people are going that way but they might not be going exactly the way that you're going mm-hmm. and people generally with us were heading towards kind of worcester and then kind of roughly towards, you know, quite a few were heading towards Malvern after that. Mm. But it was really nice to see people and just chat with them for a little while. But then they'd kind of, they'd get to a, a random junction and they'd turn down that way and we'd carry on that way. Or we'd walk for a bit, they'd walk for a bit. And people just had their own speeds and was like, well, you know, we're just going to do our own thing and go off. But it was, it was odd that, you know, we'd come across these people after two or three hours, run next to them for a little while. And then they just disappear up the road. I'm like, I don't think we slowed down significantly, but did they just get bored of us and run away? Or are they really quick and they took a really bad route to get to the same point as us? Or yeah, so I need to check out which way some of those people went because it's quite interesting the choices people made. We did run on a few roads that weren't great. I mean, if they would have been daytime, they would have been awful roads to run on. But at three in the morning, just down the middle of the road. And like at one point, we didn't see a car for two hours on the road we were just running you know across roundabouts and things it was really really nice i really liked that part of it running through these little villages and like everywhere we came across all these places we ran through i had no idea about them at all i've you know i know the names of like bromsgrove and droitwich which i'm sorry people that live in the west midlands but just i my impression of the west midlands is just kind of dreary and industrial and as it turns out, I was running through lots of Worcestershire and like, well, it's similar to Shropshire, which is where I went a few years ago. And I guess it's it's all very old around there. All the villages and towns are old, which means they're kind of posh and quite well off. 
Mm. Um, I guess like the cities, I guess where the where the industry is. Um, so that was just my you know impression of that. And so we were running through all these lovely houses, these old villages, very wonky houses. You could always tell a proper old house is one which is really wonky, leans into the street. All the windows are completely different. Mm-hmm. So there were lots of those kind of places. We really liked uh, Tutnell, I think, Alv Church, places like that I'd never heard of. But it's just lovely to run through these places and just be the only person there. Mm-hmm. That would be a big thing that I said, you know, a big plus mm-hmm. for a race like this. I think a lot of people would really enjoy that. And the Beyond Marathon Facebook page is really, really active as well. There's been loads of posts on there. And I posted up ours on there, you know, one of a couple of hundred people that did it. And we got shed loads of likes. And like people are really enthusiastic because I thought, you know, ours are just going to be another one in the kind of fog of everyone else's posts. You know, a pretty standard time that we did. Uh, But yeah, loads and loads of likes, loads of comments, which is really, really nice from people I don't know. Um, and one of the really good posts on there I liked afterwards was asking about your best piece of kit, what you should have taken, and what you had with you that was completely pointless. And I think that's a really good way to assess an ultra. For me, the big plus was trench foot cream. Thank you so much to Ben Jones for recommending that to me. After my feet got obliterated last time, I spent like four four days before just like coating my feet in this weird kind of waxy stuff. It's quite nice. It's kind of creamy, waxy kind of thing. You just kind of rub it into your feet and your feet kind of end up quite smooth. But I guess it just kind of blocks up everything on your feet and doesn't let water get in. Um, and that was really, really good. Um, obviously, my feet were a bit wet, but they weren't like, re- you know, they get really wrinkled and like rub on themselves. I didn't get that. But the problem I had, as I said, was my it was mostly my little toenails. You know, what little toenails I have left were really sore and tender. But I think that's obviously just shoes. That's bad shoe choice from me. Um, the what I should have taken definitely should have been thermals, like proper, actual, warm thermal base layers. Um, because the weather on the night, which I thought was going to be pretty good, it was six degrees and light rain. And like generally for a race, you take that all day long because that's like for a short race, that's kind of ideal. Like a little bit chilly, a little bit of rain is fine. But when it's nighttime, there's a cold wind and you're walking a lot, that is cold. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people suffered with the weather and the rain, but like the weather wasn't that bad, I don't think. The problem is it was just constant for like six or seven hours just getting rained on so we were just damp for hours and hours and hours and i think i think just generally people weren't fully prepared and i just really felt for the people that didn't have the opportunity to get changed because yeah we had a support point at malvern in theory we were going to carry on uh for another i don't know what was it 40k or something stupid but we would have been in dry clothes from there, but we decided to stop. But other people didn't have that. So that would have been really, really hard. So yeah, just the importance of having actual proper thermal layers, especially when you're walking, because we really noticed, you know, we'd run for quite a way, stop for two minutes to have a wee, and you could feel yourself getting cold straight away. And it was really surprising. I was wearing four layers, but they weren't like, you know, particularly well-rated things. It was just like a couple of fairly normal running t-shirts one quite nice long sleeve t-shirt and then a shit waterproof jacket so yeah i really should have so yeah i really underestimated how cold it would be and that was the thing that after all that time we're like yeah we can't be bothered and we saw so many people on the day pulling out at, you know six seven eight o'clock in the morning because they were just ha- they just had enough already did you not wear the orange jumpsuit then i did not wear the orange jumpsuit did they um, give you one to keep they offered for? them there they were loads okay. of them yeah there were actually loads of, and 
pro- I don't know, maybe a majority of people had them on because they were just like, um, it's just like really thin, like perforated paper. So oh, it's not okay. like, so there's no, there's no waterproofing there at all. I mean, anything, they probably hold water. But I think they did say like, you know, they will hold, it's a layer. So it will hold a little bit of heat in. Mm. Um, but I just kind of thought like in a group, it kind of looks good. When it's just you on your own running through a town center, it just looks a bit mental. That's when the like, police get called, isn't it? Yeah, because like you haven't got a race number on. No. You're just in running gear. And like, so at six, five, six in the morning, if people saw us running, they'd be like, shit, those guys are running five, six in the morning. Mm. By the time you get to eight, nine o'clock, people are looking at us thinking, why the hell do they look so shit? Eight o'clock, they've only been running for two hours or something like that. That's the problem. You don't have a number on. People don't know you're in a race. So I had to, we were in a petrol station at one point. I had to mention it to the guy. Just like, I need to let you know we've been running since midnight. Just because... <laughs> that's why i look like shit and that's why i've just when i just bent down i went because everything hurts i haven't just been out for an hour which is what it looked like but yeah but it being in the jumpsuit as well would just look just look a bit mental on your own so i wasn't up for that um the stuff that i had in my bag that was pointless i mean as it turned out uh it was the stuff i had for later basically so i had uh, a battery pack i had cables i had extra food i had like you know, a few other things like that that would have been useful had we have carried on but you know as we didn't they were just a bit of extra weight so there was a lot of people saying things like they had sunglasses with them and things like that which was just completely pointless because they, they were absolutely not needed so i've got a few tips for future night races or self-navigation amy if you ever go for something like this or anyone else listening i would say when you do your route planning route planning is honestly so so important you need to know where all the toilets are and i'm not kidding like if you plan oh there's a toilet break there no problem and then there's another one in 10k no know where every single toilet on the route is because um honestly i've never pissed so much in my entire life as i did that night i don't know i I think what it was like i said we went for that walk i think because it was cold and it was nighttime i wasn't really sweating and so the stuff what was just going straight through and like before 6 a.m i think i pissed five times which i've never done on a race before Uh, i know this is all important stuff that people need to know about but then it got to that point where i needed to go to the toilet for you know more serious issues and we got to petrol station it was closed it was quarter past six and it wasn't gonna open until seven we got down the road a little bit we found another one ah there's people outside there's people walking around there's people getting petrol great um i think the door was kind of half closed we said oh can we just can we go in they're like oh no and you could tell on their faces like oh we really want to let you in but we're not allowed to let you in before seven for whatever reason you could tell it just was just over their head and they were they looked very sympathetic but they were like ah we can't really but i realized when i when i walked away from them I realized the question I actually asked them when I went up, because I mean, you know, I'm blaming this at being half past six in the morning. I said, oh, is it all right? Can we go in and use a toilet or something like that? And I'm like, <laughs> or something like that. Why did I say it like that? I mean, they're like, mm, no. And it's just, it's just one of those things, isn't it? That you just like, it's just the verbal things that you say, just like a little tick, just to fill in. Can I use your toilet or something like that? I don't know what I meant by that. I just, I think I was just trying to, make it like oh we just want to pop in just you know quick whatever but i just walked away like what did they think what or just a bucket would do maybe i don't know yeah. <laughs> so we carried on again down the road and like again didn't know where any toilets were um but luckily we came across yet another petrol station and this one was open it was the mns bp garage in droitwich spa thank you so much uh, that was that was needed or something bad would have happened we were, we were in a place there where there was no opportunity to go uh, for a wild week because it was it was very suburban 
Um, so that was that was a real relief that we found that. Uh, cafe stops are fantastic, as it turns out. Because, you know, before the race, I was thinking, like, when we need food, we're just going to get food. We're going to buy a sandwich or something. We're just going to walk and eat just to get those miles in while we're walking. Now, as it turns out, we stopped at a cafe in Worcester, had a fantastic time. Yeah, cheese and ham toasty, big cup of tea. And I had half of Nina's as well because she wasn't up for it at that point. Um, I just had a lovely sit down. And by the time we started running again, felt much, much better. Uh, downstairs toilets are not great. As it turns out, coffee one in Worcester. I was very disappointed with you. Very glad to be in there, but when I had to go to the toilet, I was like, oh, no. So, again, making a real noise. Like, walking down the stairs, going like, ah, ah, ah. It's only eight in the morning. They're looking at us thinking he's been out for an hour. The fuck is his problem? (laughs) So I didn't tell them, unfortunately. Um, Proper waterproofs are so important. I know it sounds really obvious, but my jacket was shit. I think the reason I've got this jacket was because I needed a, a waterproof jacket for a fell race. And I thought, right, just buy the cheapest, shittest, lightest one I can, chuck it in the bag, never use it. I'm going to buy a proper one now because um, that honestly makes so much difference. And my gloves were also a bit shit. Didn't really like, they were waterproof for a bit, but not for very long. Um, waterproof socks worked really, really well. I was very happy with the whole sock thing. I had, I had the trench foot cream, I had the toe socks, and then waterproof socks over the top of that. Feet worked very well, very, very well. Very happy with that. To be fair, with waterproof socks, like seal skins, you get, I'm sure there's other brands that are similar, but I found my seal skins, they, even for the Edom, there was a point where they were no longer waterproof, but that's because water was going over the top of them, yes. getting trapped yeah, in the yeah, sock. But other than that, but yeah, like waterproofs, I always find really tricky because running waterproofs, all waterproofs are only waterproof up to a certain point, aren't they? They have like, yeah. I can't remember what the rating's called now, but they have a rating. And often, if you're like properly running, the type of waterproof you want is one that's allows moisture out as well which yes. is going to be less waterproof than like a hiking one it's like when i did that off the tarmac ultra that me and jen did and we we pulled out at mile 20 because we'd got so wet like for that race she jen was wearing like a proper almost like a hiking waterproof or one mm. you might wear on the way to work or something like it was proper waterproof whereas i was wearing my innovate like it's a good running waterproof but it just wasn't waterproof enough and it's like for this sort of stuff like ultras it's always knowing what to wear do you want something where it's not gonna let the sweat out and you're gonna be like you know but it's not letting the rain in or do you want something a bit more airy that's also gonna dry a bit quicker as well once it does get properly wet yeah i think running stuff is probably made to last two three four hours yeah i guess unless you go for the real good like ultra stuff in which case Mm. you know it'd be longer but yeah, it really you really have to think about wearing proper gear. I mean, for this, it, you know, if you were planning something like this and you knew, like we did, it was going to rain six, seven, eight hours and then be okay. Honestly, I think it would be a good idea to go full hiking gear mm. uh, for that morning, stay really warm, layer up, and then if you had the opportunity, get changed into your running gear and then do some running. Yeah. I know that sounds kind of easy because, you know, walking for eight hours is not easy, but yeah i think if we were in proper like hiking gear big jacket proper stuff i think we would have had a better time but then of course that depends if you if you're able to get changed because mm. you lose so much energy when you're wet and cold mm. like so yeah. much energy and it, and it was only like we we're only a bit damp it's not like we, we, were, we were not soaked through at all like my skin wasn't wet like at no point really it got through maybe down the back of my neck a little bit but we weren't wet we was just damp and just a bit chilly and it was just surprising for so long how much of a difference that made mm-hmm. uh, you've also really got to practice eating and running uh, like someone said on the podcast last time they'd have a full roast dinner and then go to their 
run club, that is a good idea. That is something you need to get used to. Like I said, I had a big meal. I went for a dessert. And I literally went for the dessert that had the most calories on the menu. So I thought, that's what I'm going to need. I was gassy for, well, most of the run, frankly. I was just oh, running a lot. I was just running along, just like burping, hiccuping up to myself quite a lot. So that was good. I've not done much big eating and running for a while. So you really need to use that because you need to eat. You just need to, you know, when you are feeling shit, you're feeling tired and cold, eat something. And it does help so much. Um, so the reflection again of like, will we do it again? no no i don't think we will um i looked back like i did last year and said I, I don't know how much i like doing ultras as it turns out i know i've done like six or seven now i mean like in theory yes and i get excited about them because i like the idea of route planning and exploring places but when i'm out there pff, just not so much and especially this especially at night i mean at first you know some of that was great but as it got to four five six in the morning i was just kind of bored which I know is is kind of bad, like six hours into a 24 hour event. I was just like, I'm not sure how into this I really am mm. because we're moving so slowly and it's just, oh yeah, it's all a bit, all a bit hard. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll do that particular race again. I do, I do think other people should do it. I think the uh, entry opens up like next week or something for it. If people are interested in it, I think they should go for it. I'm really surprised how many people pulled out I mean, like the last two months on the group has just been people transferring places. Crazy number. And like over 100 people, like a third of the field didn't turn up wow. on the day as well, which I just thought is really disappointing for the organizers. I mean, they're quite happy. They're happy with the numbers because it is still a lot of people. It's still 180 odd people that went. But like, yeah, a good third of the people just didn't turn up. And I just found that really surprising. Um, I know it's a big deal. It's a big commitment and all that kind of thing. But yeah, that was a little bit of a shame. But as I said, if you are going to go for it, do it properly and prepare for it properly. Were there any marshals? Work. I know it's a silly question, but I saw on the um, tracker when I was looking at the dots, there were some black ones or something, they were a different colour, or maybe they were red or something like that. And they said marshal, a lot of them said marshal. Were they like marshals about? And uh, I thought, where, how would you I, even know where to be? No, I didn't see that actually. Mm. I'm not sure. I mean, there might have been a few of the kind of Beyond Marathon staff who might have yeah. just been out and they might have had, because there was one on there, um, it was number 666 marked as the crow, which is just yes, obviously I saw that. the race organizer who was on his way. So he kind of had one on, I guess, just to test the system, double check it. But no, I didn't cheer it. But no, but basically once you set off, you're on your own. Mm. I mean, from them, from their point of view, it's a great idea. I've just been down to the post office now to post my tracker back. I mean, it's a great kind of hands-off kind of race. In so a will way. you get a medal as well? You went past the 30 mile um, mark, which is, is for a medal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do get a thing. Yeah, we went past the 30 mile. We didn't get to 60. And again, I kind of think to myself, in some ways, I was kind of expecting to get to 60. And I think I just really underestimated that because that would have been 72, 75 miles, something like that. And in a way, I was just expecting to get there. And I look back on it, I think, I don't know why I was. Because, I mean, we only lasted 11 hours in the end and we've only done 12 hours before. But I suppose you don't know how you're going to fare in a 24-hour race until you try it. Some people have just are just so determined they were willing to push through anything to get there and we just weren't they just wasn't really our thing mm -hmm. and i'm glad we kind of uh, decided on that together which was quite good rather than one of us really wanting to and the other not wanting to and then again the logistics would have been a real pain from that point mm. um the provisional winner i'm sure he's going to be but obviously all the trackers need to go back everything needs to be checked is george goodwin who covered 167k in, and he he lasted the full 24 hours. He got well into South London. 
his straight his straight line distance was 155 kilometers so in terms of efficiency he only wasted 12k and that is that is really good i think we i think the difference in our total distance and straight line distance was the same as his and he ran three times further I'd be interested in his route. I imagine if you're going towards London, you might want to do some canal sort of path. Yeah, I think that's uh, Grand Union Canal. I was just about to say, Grand Union Canal, it goes through like Leicester and stuff. I don't know whether you'd go that far. Yeah, maybe you would go that east. I don't know. I don't know how you'd do it. But yeah, I know that there's the canal network obviously goes to, to London. Yeah, that was a nice straight path. Yeah, there was a canal path kind of on the way for us, but it was it was quite a wiggly one and it just wouldn't have been very efficient. Great for navigation, but not for efficiency. Mm. Um. It's been about two days now, just over two days. And he's got that weird thing of now, like recovery is pretty much fine. I feel fine. Like my toes are fine now. My feet are great because of the trench foot cream, not an ad. Um, I don't ache anymore particularly. It's just like going for walks. I'm just getting tired quite soon. And it's just that thing of if you've done a few ultras after a while, you just realize it like I probably could go and do something now. I could run probably. I just don't want to because my legs just haven't got the energy anymore. They just, you know, obviously they've been damaged. They need to recover. But it's, yeah, it's odd after a few ultras, like, and again, because we were so slow, you know, our pace, I think it was 5.3 kilometers an hour average. So it was a nice, easy, slow pace we went. So, you know, I'm hoping recovery will only be a couple of weeks or something. So it should be okay. Mm. Uh, also had some tweets from Gabby Nea about her race. Uh, she was with her friend, Neil. And she said, loved Escape from Meriden. Bonkers but genius concept of any route, almost anything goes, but the weather. That we did not need. By 4am, eight of us, including a chained pair, sheltered in a, in a McDonald's, much to the confusion of the local drunk teenagers. Uh, she followed up saying that uh, there was a load of women in the McDonald's, basically stripping down to their sports bras, queuing up to go into the toilets to dry them under the hand dryers. And these teenagers were like, oh wow, people stripping off. But then, she, this is Gabby saying this, she said it was wrinkly old ultra runners, unfortunately, so it might not have been exactly what they were looking for. <laughs> Um, she also, of course, because Gabby, did a park run in the middle of it. She got as far as a park run route, decided to go for it. This is why she... it's a cult. It's a cult. Park it's run a... is a cult. To be in that mentality, it's a cult. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few people who did park runs. Um, I've seen a few photos. Uh, she recommends it because, of course, she does. There, she said there were people tracking the dots who waited at park run to see a real escape from Meriden zombie fresh from the night of hell. Um, and, yeah, a lot of the courtier... And a lot of the volunteer teams were really, really happy to see them as well because it's like a nice little selling point for your uh, park run as well to say that you had some people doing this race there. Uh, she also said, 24-hour petrol stations are your friend. Yes, they are. And you sleep well after. Yes, I did. I got a good 11 hours sleep after mine. She said, do it again. Hell yeah. No cold though. See, this is the thing. Up to the event, Gabby had a cold, wasn't feeling well. She was kind of okay on the night. I got a message from her like 7, 8 in the morning to say she was really suffering at one point she said she basically couldn't breathe. She felt sick, so she's going to park run and we'll bin it off. So I was like, great, I've beaten Gabby. That's good. <laughs> I'm happy with that. So I finished, turned the tracker off, went home, blah, blah, blah. Got a message from her later and I saw the thing saying, oh, we've just finished, like three o'clock. So I'm like, wait, so she carried on? She carried on to like mid-afternoon. Oh, really? Did she? Sneaky cow told me she was couldn't breathe and couldn't finish and couldn't keep going on. Carried on. For another like six hours after Parkrun, reinvigorated her apparently. <laughs> Had some delicious Kool-Aid from Parkrun. Got her going again. So I thought I'd beaten her. Turns out I had not. How far did she get as the crow flies? 
Or even as the crow doesn't fly, how far does she do? Uh, her and Neil got 63k as the crow flies, and that is 5k more than me and Nina did. Oh, God, uh, that would have invigorated you to carry on I for know. another, like, 6k, wouldn't it? No, because the next few <laughs> k after Malvern for us was literally up and over the Malvern Hills, so that would have been a big climb. I mean, yes. even walking through the town was bad enough. But yeah, according to this, their tracker was turned off at 10 to 4, so... They carried on hours and hours after they told us they were going to stop. And where do they so, make it to? Where do they go? Uh, they got to Melton Mowbray and bought some pork pies. Oh, Good nice. For them. That probably nice would have been place. a similar direction I would have been going. Not that far, though. Jesus. <laughs> no, no, probably not. So there we go. Escape from Meriden has finally been done. Uh, I would love to know if that review has uh, interested anyone in actually doing it for next year. I would love to hear about it and your plans. I'm here for tips, but I've just given you all my tips. But yeah, it's one of those, it's, it's a really good race to talk about. Uh, again, it's one of those strange races. We've said this before about trail races and auction things. Like, there's nothing to stop you going out and running up a mountain now. Mm. You don't need to wait for a race, especially this. Like, there are no checkpoints. There's no route. There's no finish line. There's no one cheering for you at the end. There's just a Facebook group. And like, you can, you can get the train anywhere and just run home at any time of night. But for some reason, people love this event. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in a... People love this kind of event. They love that kind of community with it. And especially, like I said, that Facebook group and the community with it is really, really strong. Mm. And people just want to go. They want to put on that stupid boiler suit and they want to run all night. <laughs> did Gabby wear the boiler suit? She, Yeah, of course she did. Of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to hear about anyone else that's uh, considering doing this race next year. If you want to support us doing things like this. <laughs> but not exactly like this. Yeah, not exactly. But Similar, kind of. but much yeah. shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donating money every month. And people that did just that are in the song. Simpson, Jason Spinks, Carl Fleming, Rich Gumland Martin, Tony Howells, Ian Thompson, Steve Robson, Ian Hales, Jay Howells, Catra Venton, Luke Daniel, Elizabeth Chaban, Dawn Shepherd, Alice Newstead, Matt Newbury, Viola Greff. Adam Bacon, Martin Gowsey, Paul Hibbert, Rachel, Paul Moore, Bernadette McCarthy, Karen Blay, Nikki Jenners, Andy Nichols, Matt Caffin, Charlie Neverson, Clark Gilmore, Gabby Thomas, Nair, Lisa Gibbon, Jenny Tamasevi, Julie Page. Gregory C. Angela Foster Swales, David Yellow Magdito, Cheryl Current, 
AP, Raymond Quinn, Neil Denton, Sherry Grubbs, Aaron Shaw, Larry Warren, Kath Everard, Francis Howell, Kel Ryder, Maria Wicks, Anthony Howe, Gordy Thelwell, Matt Jones, Debbie Hurley, Claire Dina, Kiara Evans, Ruth KP. Stuart Stevens, Karen Hamilton, Liz Reese, Daniel Braun, Nikki Jones, James Lampert, Graham Hackland, H. Ivor Hewitt, David Irwin, Martin Kaplan, Penny Simpson, Rachel Bentley, Gail Seal, Andy Robbins, Claire Davis, Adam Atkinson, Jonathan Carter, Derry, Tom, Alcock, Noms, Dawson, Victoria Dick. Right, I'm going to have to do a bit of an Amy Genders here. Pat H, J, Matt Jesiorski, Abigail Harbin, Sophie Jacks, McAnna, Champollish Adult, Sandra Heinzer, Elliot Kinison, Victoria Magnus, Lee Wood, Amanda Marihind, Vicky Robbins, Sophie Nichols, Jewel Running, Matt Burroughs, now we're done. So don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just have a look for Running is BS if you haven't already. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Agatha Whiteman has sent us a message and she said, Amy's spooky story reminded me of my own just as spooky encounter with the Wolf of Wyndham. And she has attached photographic evidence. <laughs> uh, honestly, you're not missing out on anything. What this is, is a picture of a path and I think a bush and there's three pixels in the middle that are a slightly different colour that she's pointed to with an arrow. She says, I met this mysterious creature some years ago while walking my dog one evening down an unlit lane. I saw a big white silhouette approach us and came to the only logical conclusion. It's a wolf in Wyndham. That's in Norfolk, by the way. I took several photos while it sat in the distance looking at me. To my horror, it then started to approach. As it got closer, it became clearer that it was, in fact, my next door neighbour walking a husky. Which I don't know why you'd assume wolf over husky, but... That's what Agatha did. And the fact that you, like, know this husky. (laughs) Yeah, if it is literally your next-door neighbour. I mean, if it it was the same as this photo, which looks like it was taken on a phone in 2003, it's just, like, a few pixels that are slightly lighter than the pixels around it. I mean... It's not that scary. With a photo like that, you could sell that to, like, the Daily Express or something. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, local news uh, websites absolutely Mm. would eat that up. The Mm. Wolf of Wyndham would be a huge story. Yeah, definitely. We've also had an email from Catherine Abigail. He says, Hi both. Excellent show again. And I feel compelled to reply to the chap who wrote in about the latest on offering. I have had two pairs of the predecessor, the Cloud Surfer. I can confirm the reason for the requirement for foot noise cancellation is because they squeak like a bastard. 
That is hilarious. I love I love the idea that they were actually <laughs> they'd made some shit shoes and they had to make some bizarrely marketed shoes to sort of combat the shit shoes. Um so she's saying they don't squeak when they're wet or on specific surfaces, but whenever either foot lands. So they just, so just all the time. Oh, I hate shoes. I've never had that with running shoes. I've had that with normal shoes where there's some sort of squeak, but yeah, that would be that would drive me insane running. So she says, you may wonder why I have two pairs in this situation. I tend to buy two pairs at a time. I'm a fitness instructor and get through a lot of trainers with that and the plodding miles. All right, we didn't ask. Mm-hmm. A, friend al- <laughs> a friend also has a pair and they squeak. That's so funny. That's so funny that they've had to add noise cancelling to their shoes that are not fit for purpose. Um, don't sue me on. They are fit for purpose. They just squeak. <laughs> that's probably been built into the previous iteration to mean we all flocked the noise cancelling ones. It's genius, really. Oh, it's mm. been the plan for all these years. Conspiracy theories. Mm. She says, I'm waiting for On to advise why they squeak. Been waiting a while. Yeah, I don't feel they're going to get back to you on that one. <laughs> no, no. that's that. I've never heard of running shoes that squeak. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when they get wet, like I think mine oh, yeah. were a little bit wet and squeaky the other night, but... Oh, yeah, if they're wet, that, the that's, yeah, all the time is, is something Sorry. else, though. Um, this is one of my favourite random emails we've ever had. Uh, it's from Joanna Ward. He says, hi, both. Random one. I had a patient at work called Mr. Hewitt the other day. When I called him from the waiting area, I called out Ivor Hewitt. The patient looked at me oddly and told me his actual first name. I apologised and couldn't explain why I'd called him Ivor until just now when I listened to the pod and heard the Patreon song, <laughs> LOL, from Joe. <laughs> Ivor Hewitt, you have made it into the consciousness of someone you have never met. And you are living in her head rent-free. And also living in the other Hewitt's head rent-free. Because for ages he'll be thinking, why did she call me Ivor? Why did she call me Ivor? Does she know an Ivor Hewitt? No, she doesn't. She just heard the name every now and then. Love how stupid that is. Melanie Ann, off of the Instagram, said, wanted to give a fun update. Funning marks on my husband and I's running last time I wrote we finished quote-unquote finished our first ultra the 46 mile Florida PTC which we missed the cutoff time by 53 minutes this week we did our first trail in the woods ultra 50k in Florida we do not have many trails at all everything is called a trail but it's just paved bike trail and nothing actually means in the woods so there was zero training. And, well, I was surprised at how much we ate shit. Yeah, luckily this is a euphemism, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking like at least once an hour one of us would fall. I got so good at falling, it's not so much my legs that hurt today, but my shoulder from tucking and rolling. The woods are bullshit. Yes, yeah, exactly. The best part about this story is now this weekend I have my first ever marathon road race. Will I be healed in time to not look like an ass? In brackets, I'm an admin for a large beverage company, so I set us up as a sponsor for the race, in which now there is no way I'm going to perform well at all. How embarrassing. <laughs> That's a, a big few races you've thrown yourself into there. You just threw yourself... I remember that that Florida one was like, yeah, we'll just go and do an ultra. We don't really know what that means, but we'll just go and do an ultra. <laughs> now you've just done one in the woods and you've never been on a trail before. Good for you. <laughs> I like thrown, that very you much. You have thrown yourself into it. Yeah. repeatedly by the sounds of it and now you're just going to go and do a marathon on the roads yeah fantastic well done we like melanie's attitude yeah and there's less to trip over on the roads i guess <laughs> yeah harder harder fall though 
And I, I do like the idea of setting yourself up as a sponsor for a race. I'd love to know if anyone else has managed to like influence their workplace into like getting involved in races just so they can be involved as well. Yeah. That's yeah, a good yeah. little scam there. Free entry. <laughs> oh, speaking of scams, <laughs> is the bullshit running news? So our first story is kind of a scam, kind of not. We'll get into a bigger scam in a moment. Uh, and this is about ultra marathon runner Joe Jezeski, who has been banned for 12 months by the UK Athletics for using a car in a race. And we covered this a little while ago, but just a reminder that Jezeski accepted a medal and trophy for finishing third in the 2023 GB Ultras Manchester to London, uh, sorry, Manchester Liverpool 50 mile race on the 7th of April. Um, tracking information later showed she travelled by car for about 2.5 miles before continuing the race. According to an independent disciplinary panel, Drozewski... Fucking out! I think Zakrzewski, something like that. Just say she, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) According to an independent disciplinary panel, um, she told officials that she had used the car and finished in a non-competitive manner. The panel, however, judged that the claimant had collected the trophy at the end of the race, something which she would not have done if she was completing the race on a non-competitive basis. Good point. She also, this is the panel continuing on, she also did not seek to return the trophy in the week following the race. And they say even if she was suffering from brain fog on the day of the race, which is one of the excuses that she used, she had a week following the race to realise her actions and return the trophy, which she did not do. And they go on. Finally, she posted about the race on social media and this did not disclose that she had completed the race on a non-competitive basis. Also, what was quite interesting was her Strava data for the race, which was obviously um, available on, to, to view on Strava, showed her reaching 35 miles per hour while her heart rate decreased and travelling a mile in 1 minute and 40 seconds. Obviously at the time obviously at the time that she was in the car, not just not just randomly. It's so odd that this happened in April and it's only just got to this panel. Mm. So that's that kind of suggests to me that she might have challenged it in some way. Cause yeah. I would have thought something like this, it would be so easy and so quick just to put your hands up and say, Yeah, I fucked up. I'm really sorry. Mm. But I suppose they still because she is quite a high profile ultra runner, and again, that thing that just doesn't make any sense about it. Why did she do this when it doesn't yeah. make any sense? It just, it, it really doesn't. And I think they're right, you know, I think we've spoken about people who cheat before and, you know, there, there's a separate issue about how people treat on social media afterwards. Like, it is just a race at the end of the day. She's not doing something absolutely morally horrific, no matter how mm. you think, you know, it's the grand scheme of things, it's not the worst thing in the world. But... She was cheating and she and just it didn't make sense. Her story just didn't make sense. So I finished in a non competitive manner. Like okay, but yeah, you accept a medal. Okay, I had brain fog, right? But you had a week to sort of notify yeah. the, the yeah, race so that, you, you get know? to the end and someone says to you, Oh, you've done this and you kinda of go, Okay, and they give you a trophy and they say, Pose for the camera and you I you, I can kinda of see someone just saying, Yeah, sure, okay, whatever, and just being told what to do and just going with it. But then after that in the days afterwards surely something would come up and it would wait seven months and have to go through a tribunal process and it's it's the the fact that she placed as well i think if you don't place and you sort of are in you you accidentally accept a medal and you'd probably just forget about it or maybe think that it's not worth it i can imagine that 
Well, maybe I couldn't. Maybe I, I would have to say something. But I can imagine a, a situation where you just get a medal for completing something you haven't mm. placed. And you may have like cheated and accidentally accepted a medal somehow. And you, you might not bother telling the race organisers because it's, it's done and gone and you, you haven't placed. But the fact she placed third. Yeah. You've taken yeah. that place away from somebody else. It's no excuse. Like a, a week later, you could have said something. Yeah. So just a strange one. And strange has taken this long, but I guess, again, kind of bureaucracy, that's just how long these things have to take for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, next story here. Perhaps you might need to be a little careful about this one, the way we word things. <laughs> a company we've known about for a while look like they're at it again. So a reminder here if people... It's kind of a thing in South Wales. I think a few people know about this, but probably not enough. Uh, a reminder, Challenge Wales events, or Keep Active Swansea, not sure which name they actually went by, they went bankrupt, leaving businesses and runners out of pocket. Uh, so they became Tough Runner, which became Tough Runner UK. Did events all around the UK, did exactly the same thing. Were liquidated by their creditors, um, owing tens of thousands of pounds, uh, cancelled events a short notice, didn't give money back, and they're now called Run Avan, with the same owners running the same races with the same branding. Um, this is all on record with Companies House, so I'm quite confident about saying this. There are dozens of complaints on Trustpilot about some of the dodgy things they've done, and they have just cancelled the Falkirk Half Marathon, citing illness with their core team, which for other organisers might be a legitimate reason, but with their track record, it fits a pattern. And it's not the first race they've cancelled at short notice and not given any refunds. Um, and I've just seen earlier today... All three national triathlon governing bodies have withdrawn licenses for this company, saying, uh, citing a failure of the event organiser to meet the terms and conditions, which is a pretty extreme move. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I mean, they're not affiliated with UK Athletics or anyone else. They were just, they did duathlons as well. So they were, you know, had uh, British triathlon affiliation licensing. That has all been withdrawn from them because they're not fulfilling their side of the bargain. Now, I don't know what that is specifically. They haven't said whether that's them not being safe, as has been uh, alleged before, or whether they're not paying people that they said they were going to pay. So it just looks like it's the same people, the same company doing the same things. And I just want to urge caution to anyone who's ever seen a a run with Tough Runner or Run Avan, because their events do look good. They're out in the woods. They're on some really good locations. But if you have seen those, do think twice. And if you have already signed up for one, I hope you've paid on your credit card because that gives you a little bit more chance of getting that money back. Mm. And some of the articles, it's been in quite a few uh, newspapers um, mm-hmm. about this this latest uh, sort of cancellation with people not getting refunds. Um, because, you know, like we said, races do get cancelled. You're not always entitled to a refund. We've said this before. Make sure you re- read the T's and C's. It's just the pattern of it happening. Yeah. And um, one of the articles I read were looking through uh, the trust pilot reviews and yeah. somebody on that said that they'd signed up for this race not this particular race but a race um and they hadn't been sent through um the numbers they hadn't been sent through the pre-ordered t-shirts and stuff and you think those numbers haven't been printed and those pre-ordered t-shirts haven't been made that you you can assume that can't you but that is yep, so scammy if you're going to cancel because of illness that's probably going to be more of a last minute thing you know and you probably mm. would have already sent out or prepared your numbers and your t-shirts it it, it does sound super scammy it's i don't want to you know i don't want to be using our patreon money to sort of fight a legal um <laughs> a, a lawsuit but it just doesn't quite add up does it yeah i do think it warrants 
uh, you know, some journalist out there having a look at this because I said it's been three companies now. Two of them have gone bankrupt, owing money to people, and they just pop back up with a really good-looking website with loads of advertising, lots of good-looking events, but they are the, exactly the same events run by the same people, just with a new company each time. And they just refresh the Facebook page and they just carry on and they, they're doing it again. And I just feel like someone much more important and interesting than us needs to look into that a bit more because that yeah. is very dodgy by the looks of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And mm. also, like, while those races are happening, like, they're in, like you said, they're, they're in some amazing places. Some other company could be going in there and, and doing it and actually running those races. Yeah, why is a, yeah, again, I think, why is a company based in Avon Forest, which is in South Wales, doing a half marathon in Falkirk? What do they know about Falkirk? What do they know about that? Again, like we said before, it's carpetbag races. It's people showing up in a completely different region, somewhere they know nothing about, and just saying, we're going to put on this great event for you. And they're probably thinking, oh, we've already we've already got these events, actually. They're fine. And actually, you know, this other location would be better because we live here and we know that this is better. But this is quite a big one. Falkirk, it was about 1,500 people in half marathon have all been, have all just been left out now. Mm, not good. Not good. Speaking of not being good, what else have we got coming up? Not much, really. I've got I've got the Celtic half, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, not really. Well, I've kind of been training from for a good, reputable not. company as well. Run yes. Walk Crawl, we like yeah. those a lot. Yeah, Run Walk Crawl. Uh, just I, I don't know whether I, I think I've run one of their races before, but I see them on social media and lots of people do their races and stuff. So they are they, proper. They seem, they're a good one. Yeah, they seem like a really good company. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because that's quite a a big race in terms of lots of people rate those Celtic races that they do um so i'm really looking forward to that i've been doing a bit of training on and off but i need to probably do a bit more than i have been it's just a half it'll be fine i'll get through it it's a half marathon yeah no big deal nbd um yeah that's it how about you Uh, i'm looking forward to canicross season like hopefully i can recover from this stupid ultra fairly soon and i've got three canicross races in eight days coming up in december so that's going to be a lot of fun looking forward to that i can't wait i'm looking forward that's my thing for next year next the first half of next year run quick again hashtag make Stuart fast again yes <laughs> that's what it's all about the dog pulling me even better love that if you've enjoyed our bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com. You can see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon merch store and our social medias. Goodbye. Bye. But this is about ultramarathon runner. Speak fucking properly. Mate.